Hi there, I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 120. And today I'd like to talk about unschooling and university. I sat down and made a few notes and it didn't take me very long to realize that this topic, I could talk about it for quite some time. There's lots of different aspects to it. But for today's podcast, I want to talk mainly about why it is so very important that we continue to allow our unschooling teenagers to have lots of free time to explore their interests and their passions. Why we shouldn't tighten up, get serious and start to make big plans in preparation for tertiary education. I've got a couple of stories that I would like to share with you to illustrate the points that I'm making. But first, university or no university, do unschooling children need to go on to some kind of tertiary education? If you listened to last week's podcast, you will know that we were talking about unschooling teenagers. I published a blog post to go with the podcast and in the comments section, we had a lovely discussion about teenagers and university. I think we all agreed that there are other pathways to careers. Our children don't necessarily have to go to university or to college in order to fulfill their dreams, to get a good job, to have a successful career. But if our children do want to go to university, can unschooled children get onto the course of their choice? And I think the simple answer to that is yes. All my older children have studied at university level. Two of my children have a Bachelor of Arts degree and one is almost finished her degree and one of my children has a Master's degree. We didn't make any big plans in the last couple of years before my children applied to go to university. So unschooled children can certainly get into university. Of course, I'm talking about the situation here in Australia, but I've heard stories from other people around the world. I think their situation is very good these days for homeschooling children and unschooling children in particular. Children who have big interests and want to go on to learn more about them have an advantage. They don't end up at university wondering what they're doing there. They've gone for a particular reason. Unschooled children have a big advantage over school leavers. They know a lot about a particular subject. They want to go on and study that subject further. And I don't think it takes very long for tutors to work out the difference. I can remember when my son Callum started his Bachelor of Nursing degree. It didn't take very long for the tutors to find out that he was a homeschooled student. Every time a tutor asked a question, Callum's hand would be in the air. And after a lecture, he would have dozens more questions that he wanted to discuss. The tutors ended up rolling their eyes. They started saying things like, Does anybody have the answer apart from the homeschooled student? Or they would say to him after lectures, 
It would be really interesting to discuss all these questions, but we haven't got time. We've got to stick to the course content, which was all rather sad. But I think it does illustrate that if you have a passion for a subject, you are going to go to university or college with a big advantage. You want to be there. You want to find out more. You're going to do well. This is in contrast to my experience of university. I went to university because it was expected. It was the next stage of my life, the same as all my friends. At the time, quite a few years ago, tertiary education was free, and we were expected to take advantage of that. We finished our final exams. We waited to see which course we would be accepted on. We left home and went to university. It's just what everybody did. Well, I guess there were a few people who went straight into work, but that wasn't looked at as such a great option. They went straight to work because they weren't clever enough to do a university degree. Parents pushed their children to go on to some form of tertiary education. And so I ended up at university studying a science degree. Not because I was particularly interested in science. No, I was just told that science would be a good area for me to get into. There would be plenty of jobs. I was a girl. You know, science and girls. We needed more girls to get into science. I've heard the same thing said in recent times as well. So I got onto a science course. Off I went. I spent three years doing that course, and I didn't enjoy much of it at all. The sad thing is that when I finished the course, which was a Bachelor of Science in Botany with two years of biochemistry, I couldn't get a job in my chosen field. After a long time spent applying for every single job under the sun, I finally did get a job at Sydney University. But it wasn't in the botany department. It was in the veterinary science department. It was a job below my qualification. By that time, I was quite happy to accept a lower position, less money. I didn't really care. I just wanted to work. There is a lot of competition for university leavers. I've heard that it is the same today. The funny thing is that after I had been working for about a year, I developed hay fever. After it had been diagnosed, my doctor said, "You must never work with plants," which made me smile, considering I had a botany degree. It is probably just as well that I was unable to get a job in that area. Yes, it was much safer to work with sheep and pigs, and other animals, dogs and rats and mice. Anyway, I have a story about my university experience. I was thinking, what if I'd had the time to explore my interests, to find out what I was really passionate about? If I'd done that, I might have gone off to university and done the right sort of degree, or maybe I would have missed the university stage altogether. Who knows? I certainly wouldn't have found myself. On a bachelor of science course that I didn't enjoy. Looking back at our own experiences can teach us a lot about what we want for our own children. And I didn't want any of my children to follow in my footsteps. 
Anyway, this is rather a negative story, but I've got a very positive one to follow it up. The story that I want to read you first is called The Opportunity to Discover the Freedom to Choose. I am running through the university campus, along one path and then another, looking for the right building. I push through a heavy wooden door and hurry along a recently emptied corridor, my shoes sounding noisily on the polished floorboards. I check room numbers as I go. Then I stop. I hesitate on the threshold of room 67, peering through the doorway at all the seated students. Will anyone notice if I slip in? Where will I sit? Will the tutors say, why haven't you been coming to my lectures? Will he even know who I am? I slide onto an empty chair just in time to hear the words. Before you leave today, please place your assignments on my desk. Assignments. A feeling of panic shoots through me. I haven't done this assignment or the last one. In fact, I haven't completed any of the year's work. I have no lecture notes either. How will I pass the end of the year exam that is looming? Is there time for me to catch up? Or should I just admit to my parents I haven't been attending any of my classes, that I haven't been able to make myself sit through hour after hour of tedious lectures? What will they say if I tell them I don't want to do this course? The recurring nightmare finally comes to an end, and I wake up soaked with sweat, my heart beating rapidly. I open my eyes with relief. I am me, Sue Elvis, married adult with children, in charge of my own life. My student days are far behind me. No one is standing over me, making me do something I don't want to do. There are no exams waiting to chew me up. The other night, I fell into this dream again, but this time, before waking up, I dreamt something new. My mother arrives at the university to visit me. I wonder if I should tell her I want to leave, that I hate my course, that I feel sick with worry because I haven't completed the necessary work. There are so many things she might say. How could you have done that? It doesn't matter if you liked the work or not, you just should have knuckled down and got on with it. You'll have to catch up with all the work. You have no choice. You need a university education. You can't do anything worthwhile without one. It would be such a waste if you gave up now. You can't become a university dropout. What will everyone think? I don't want to hear any of these words, but I have had enough. I can't carry on, and so I say, I don't want to do this university course. I'm not interested in science. It's wrong for me. And my mother turns to me with a gentle smile and says, You'll find the right thing to do if you keep looking. Of course you can't stay here. Let's collect your things and take you home. In my dream, I feel the tears of relief slip from my eyes. Of course, things didn't happen like that in real life. I did actually finish my degree course. I completed all the assignments, attended all the necessary lectures, and passed all the exams. I graduated with honours. 
I used that degree to find employment in a university research lab, but it was all wrong. A science degree wasn't what I was meant to do. I hadn't had the opportunity to discover my talents and passions. I just passed along the education conveyor belt with all the other clueless school leavers, doing what was expected, enduring rather than enjoying. And although I wasn't very happy, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't feel I had much choice. When I was a child, I had a large cardboard box crammed full of loose papers, which were covered with my untidy handwriting. These were my stories. I loved making up stories. My dreams were full of them. Somewhere along the way, my stories were pushed to one side as I moved onto more important and serious work. They were forgotten. But years later, I finally had the opportunity to do what I love best: write. What about my own children? I want my children to have the opportunity to discover their talents and the freedom to pursue their dreams, whether or not I feel they will lead to a good career. Of course, they might make a few mistakes along the way, go down a few dead ends, and have to start again. But that's okay. They have my unconditional encouragement and support, whatever they choose to do. I think again about my dream. My mother had said, "You'll find the right thing to do if you keep looking." Of course, you can't stay here. Let's collect your things and take you home. She listened. She understood. She accepted my choice. That felt so good. That's how I want my own children to feel. I don't want them to experience recurring nightmares like me. It's funny how an experience can affect us so deeply. It can surface in a dream and be remembered for many years after. Except, it isn't funny at all. It is important that our children continue to have their free time to learn things, to explore, to experiment, to learn about things that they are interested in. And then, when it comes time for tertiary education, they may want to go on to university or to college. And if they do, they will have a good idea about what they want to study. I really should have done a Bachelor of Arts degree if I had gone to university at all. I can imagine that I would have enjoyed the degree that my daughter Imogen did—a Bachelor of Arts. Majoring in professional writing and publishing, writing is Imogen's thing. Besides music, and she enjoyed that degree very, very much. It was worth her studying for those three years, and also paying for it because in the comments of my last blog post, we were discussing student loan debt. Sometimes we go on to university or we push our children along. And they do a degree, and then they can't get a job, or they aren't really interested in the subject, but they still get the degree. And then what do they have at the end of it? Yes, they have a degree, but they also have an enormous debt. Sometimes there are other ways 
of getting where they want to go. And certainly, if they're not interested in the degree in the first place, what a waste of time and what a waste of money. My second story is about my husband, Andy. Andy and I both did Bachelor of Science degrees at the same time, but at different universities and majoring in different subjects. He did his Bachelor of Science majoring in Maritime Geography. I always think that's quite funny. How can you have a science degree that majors in Geography? But anyway, Andy also has a Master's degree. He didn't do that master's degree straight after his bachelor's degree. No, he only did it about eight or nine years ago. After Andy graduated from his bachelor's degree, he didn't get a job in maritime geography. It seems that there is a big shortage of jobs in the area of maritime geography. Well, anyway, he didn't find one. So he went into sales and marketing. And he stayed in that area for the next 25 years. It wasn't something that he really enjoyed doing. But he married me and we had a family. And our family grew to quite a big size. And so Andy looked on his job as a way of supporting us. He did it out of love, even though there were some days when he didn't really want to go to work. There was no way that he was not going to go. He made the most of it. But one day, Andy came home from work, and that was it. He didn't have a job any longer. He had been made redundant. And so he thought about what he was going to do with the next stage of his life. His first instinct was to go out there and get another sales and marketing type job. Because, of course, he still had a family to support. He couldn't afford to be out of work. But I tried to persuade him to do something totally different. I knew that he had a dream. He wanted to be a school teacher, and he should have been a school teacher many, many years ago. So I said to him, Andy, why don't you go back to university, do your master's degree, and become a teacher? At first, he resisted. How could we afford for him to do that? Well, we had a little bit of money because Andy had a payout from his job. And we just all agreed that we would live a very frugal life while Andy studied. It would be all worth it. The kids and I, we got together and we said that it was Andy's turn to go and do what he really wanted to do. He'd given so much to us, it was now time for us to make a few sacrifices to encourage and support him as he went back to university, became a student again, and studied for his Masters of Teaching to become a primary school teacher. So how did Andy get on going back to university as a middle-aged man? Well, I'm going to tell you in this story. It's called A Dean's Medalist of a Husband. I want to tell you something about my husband, Andy. It's something I know he will not tell you himself. No, he is a very humble kind of person, and I know he would feel self-conscious if he knew what I was about to reveal. He'd give you one of his warm and attractive smiles before looking at his shoes and shrugging it all off. Should a wife 
embarrass the husband. Probably not, but Andy will never know. He never reads my blog. My husband Andy, who went back to university at the age of forty-seven to do a master's of teaching degree, has won a dean's medal. Now, isn't that wonderful? This means Andy finished in the top two percent of students at his university in two thousand and ten. If you are a regular reader of my blog, you will know that Andy was made redundant two years ago. For twenty-six years, he worked in sales and marketing, and then one day, he had no job to go to. I remember meeting Andy at the train station as he returned from his last day at work. He was ambling along the platform, swinging his empty briefcase, one man among the many returning from the city women shoppers. And even though he had a smile on his face when he greeted me, I felt very sad. Andy had worked so hard, and then one day he was cast aside. No thanks, no farewells, no speeches or gifts. He was a man without a job, a man who'd lost his place in society, and so it is for all those who face redundancy. Maybe you know Andy applied to do a Masters of Teaching, and now two years later he has a whole new career ahead of him. He is a primary school teacher, and we thank God every day for his rewarding and satisfying work. Now it seems to me that there is an unwritten law that you can't, at least in public, be your husband's number one fan. This is sad, but because this is my blog, I'm going to totally ignore that rule. I am one proud wife. Shortly before Andy finished his course last year, I went to the university with him. We walked through the gates, and I felt like an alien. There I was, one middle-aged woman among hundreds of trendily dressed young students. I felt so out of place. I thought back to when I did my undergraduate degree many years ago. Things have changed since then, or perhaps I have just got older. We sat in the coffee shop, and unlike me, Andy was relaxed and looked like he belonged. And I thought about how difficult it must have been to go back to university as a mature age student, to make friends, to compete with much younger people, to learn new ways of learning, to find his place, and how Andy had done all this. Do you ever get proud feelings about your family? Sometimes I bask in the reflected glory of my children. They sing and play the piano, and I can't. So it seems rather miraculous to me that my children excel at these endeavors. You sang so well, Callum. I was really proud of you. I know, Mum. You had that silly grin on your face all the time I was singing. He was right. I can sometimes be a silly, proud mother. I try not to be. I don't want to be one of those boring type people who think their children are the best in the world. And what a great mother I must be to have such children. But Andy's achievements—they have nothing to do with me, so I can sing about them loud and long. In fact, Andy gained his degree and high marks despite me. Oh, how I used to complain about the piles and piles of books and papers that took over our bedroom! I remember the day Andy inadvertently said, "I left it in my office." Whoops! I mean, it's in our bedroom. I glared at him. 
and he cleared a few books away and uncovered the bed and tried to make the room look as if it belonged to both of us. And then I often complained about the long hours he spent studying. Even when he was physically home, sitting in front of his computer, he was mentally far away. When are you going to have time for me? I moaned again and again, even though I knew he was doing his best to juggle family and study. I wish I'd done better. But you, Andy, you couldn't have done better. You are a Dean Medalist of a husband, and I am very proud. This story reminds me of a few things. First of all, about trust. I can remember the early days of worry when Andy lost his job. It was very, very tempting to sit there and wallow in negative feelings. What are we going to do? How will we survive? How could this have happened to Andy? Thankfully, we picked ourselves up pretty quickly and we started trusting that God had a plan for Andy's life. And certainly he did. It turned out to be a wonderful second opportunity for Andy to do what he really wanted to do in the first place. So we looked upon that time of study while Andy was at university as a blessing. It was a very good time. Our house was a house of study. We were all busy learning, all busy encouraging and supporting each other, all wanting to know what each of us was learning. So there's trust. But there's also another aspect of this story that I want to share with you. Andy's story shows that it is never too late to follow your dreams. Sometimes I think as our children get older, we get a little bit worried about their futures. What happens if they don't get into university? What happens if they don't get a job straight away? We want everything to fall into place. There seems to be a timetable that we feel compelled to follow, when really our children have a lot of time ahead of them. They don't have to do things to somebody else's timetable, the one that the school leavers are following, maybe. If they don't know what they want to do at university, if they want to try something else maybe before they go, then then that's quite all right. Maybe they can get a job first and then go to university at a later date. It will never be too late. And the advantages of going later is, as I've already said, that when we do something that we really want to do, we're going to get more out of it. Andy was truly interested in his subject. He really wanted to do that degree. And I think if he'd done his master's degree straight after his Bachelor of Science degree, he wouldn't have had the same motivation. I don't think that he would have got that Dean's Medal. Not that Andy knew about the Dean's Medal. He didn't say, I'm going to do really well in this course because I want to win the Dean's Medal. When he got a letter in the post telling him that he'd won the Dean's Medal, he just couldn't believe it. As I said, he didn't even know the medal existed. So to win it, it was rather funny. So Andy did well because he was interested in his subject, not because he was working for a reward. I think that Andy doing that degree, his Masters of Teaching, that experience has proved to be a big inspiration for our children. His achievements encouraged them in their own learning. 
university was a very different experience for Andy the second time round. I wondered if this worried Andy, but it didn't seem to matter, because he discovered that anything can be learnt when you need to know it, something that I talk a lot about with unschooling. Yes, Andy quickly gained the skills which allowed him to learn online in this digital age. Trusting, it's never too late to follow your dreams. Anything can be learned when you need to know it. He did so well because he was truly interested in his subject. An inspiration for our children. I reckon Andy is a perfect example of an unschooler, which is rather funny considering he is a school teacher. So how shall I finish up this episode, episode 120? Well, I'd like to say again that those years, the final years before our children move on to tertiary education, are important, not for preparation, not so that they can learn all about essay writing and make sure their math skills are up to scratch. No, they are important because they continue to give our children opportunities to explore their interests so that they know what they would like to do further down the track or at least have an idea. And if they don't have an idea, by the time they reach the age of 18, I would say don't panic. Sometimes things change overnight. This is what happened with my daughter Charlotte. I was beginning to despair. I, I thought she was interested in nothing. She went through a long, long, quiet period. And then all of a sudden one day she turned around and said, Mom, I would love to study animation. And she is at the moment doing a Bachelor of Arts degree in Digital Design. But then again, if she hadn't suddenly come to that decision, it wouldn't have mattered. She could have continued exploring. She could have got a casual job to earn herself some money. She could have gone to university further down the line. Or not, depending on whether university was part of her plan. I hope that you have enjoyed listening to those two stories. I did say last week that I hoped that you wouldn't mind if I shared some of my blog stories with you. I'm still working on my unschooling book, and it does take quite a lot of time to sit down and prepare an episode of this podcast. If I structure an episode around some blog stories, it makes it so much easier for me, saves me a little bit of time that I could be using to write my book. I would like to thank everybody who stopped by and commented on my blog post, What to Do When Unschooling Kids Reach the Teenage Years. As I said earlier in this episode, we had a good discussion. Everybody shared their thoughts and ideas. It was good. So I invite you to go over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. If you would like to share your thoughts on university, your own experiences, or perhaps those of your children, or your worries about the future, or your plans, or whatever you want to share, please stop by. You could comment on anything that I've said today, or just stop by and say hello. I'll put some show notes together for this episode. 
I don't know what else to put in my roundups these days, as you can't find me many places on the internet anymore. Yes, I'm no longer on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. You could find me on YouTube, though. I have a YouTube channel, Sue Elvis. I've actually made some videos about unschooling and university. I interviewed both my son, Callum, and also my daughter, Imogen. I shall put the links in the show notes in case you would like to watch those videos. So that's all for today. I would just like to thank you for listening to this episode. And until next time, don't forget to trust, respect, and love unconditionally.